LightSource is available free of charge through studiolighting.net. You can support LightSource by visiting supportlightsource.com. There you can donate through the tip jar, purchase a lighting DVD, get a discount on website hosting through squarespace.com, or you can visit our affiliate links for Adorama or amazon.com where you can shop for camera gear or photography books, and a portion of those proceeds will help support LightSource. This is Hunter Freeman. I'm an advertising photographer based in San Francisco, and you're listening to Light Source. And uh, why not? You got a better idea? Welcome to episode 80 of LightSource, the official podcast of StudioLighting.net, the website introducing photographers to portrait and studio lighting equipment and techniques. I'm Bill Crawford, publisher. And I'm Ed Hidden, exclusive photographer with iStockphoto.com. On today's episode, we have an interview with photographer Hunter Freeman. If you go to his website, uh, HunterFreeman.com, you will see a lot of iconic images that I'm sure that you're going to recognize. He was a product photographer for Apple. I guess I shouldn't say was. He is, because when we talked to him, he said he was currently that day doing a shoot for Apple that day. And we tried and pried, but we couldn't get any information out of him as to what he was shooting. So, But he's has a really good sense of humor about his images and what he shoots and reminds me of one of those photographers that I'd like to hang out with and, and just like spend an afternoon and shoot with. Absolutely, man. He's had some great advice, even just in a little bit of time that we got to talk with him some stuff that really stuck with me. So it's, it's a great interview. I'm really interested to listen to this one again. And it's always fun to listen to them back because I always see the stuff that I missed while I was trying to figure out what the next question was. <laughs> right. It is different. <laughs> it's different when you're not in the mix. So what's going on in, uh, in your world lately, man? Well, um, actually, in my world, I am playing with a new little toy. I picked up the new Lexar card. I'm trying it out. A coworker of mine gave it to me to, to play with and give him my thoughts and feedback on it. It's one of the new professional UDMA 300X CF cards. Oh, sweet. So what does that mean? And it means it's really fast. Oh, okay. <laughs> the UDMA technology is kind of like the high-speed compact flash technology, and I really haven't gotten too in-depth into it. I know that it's like maximum performance, maximum reliability. You know, I don't know anything other than that in terms of details of what's inside of it, but I know that UDMA cards are, are advertised and marketed as they're you know, faster performing and faster reliability. Excellent. And they are harnessed basically when you also have a UDMA card reader, which I also have to play with as well. So I shot like a set of, I don't know, like 20 photos just playing around the house last night just to see what it was going to do. And my seat of the pants reaction initially says that it's faster. Oh, really? But I want to try it with a full card. I actually have the same size as like a SanDisk Extreme 3 card as well. So I want to load them both up, put the exact same files on them and do a data dump to the computer and actually sit with the stopwatch and see to the pants reaction matches the the stopwatch. Very cool. So, I mean, so, you're, you're testing to see how quickly the files will move off onto your hard drive. Would this affect the speed of, in a photo shoot with your camera or is usually the camera the bottleneck? Usually the camera is the bottleneck. One of my other co-workers, uh, Don Schiffer, you've probably seen him in the Flickr forums or whatever. He's also very interested to play with one of these cards as well. And he has one too. And he is primarily a wildlife shooter and he has a higher speed Nikon camera as opposed to a camera like I use, which is the 5D, which is more based towards like studio commercial work where you don't really need the high res cycle times. He's curious to see it in the field because he'll 
well, a lot of times, like if he's catching like a crane that's coming in for a landing, he'll start shooting and he'll leave the shutter button down and just kind of let it run off. And he's curious to see when a buffer fills up and see if it oh, cool. clears the buffer quicker to see if he can get more shots out of Wait, his burst place. mode shooting. Exactly. That's way cool. You have to keep us posted. Yeah, definitely. We'll see what happens there. Well, it's been a pretty exciting month. I know the show is late. Sorry about that. But we had some scheduling troubles with some guests or whatever. And here we are. But during the time since our last show, there were some pretty significant shows and announcements and things that went on, like the Pocket Wizard announcement, which is pretty huge. Oh, yeah. The Pocket Wizard one. ETL. I've tried to ignore it a little bit because I'd probably really want one. You know what? It's hard to ignore. I've been, I'm serious. It's, it's a very significant upgrade. It looks really cool. I mean, I'm sure most of our audience has read or seen or heard about it, but I'm pretty excited about it, to be honest with you. I just think the fact that it works with all the old pocket wizard systems and I love the profile. I love the the battery life predictions and everything. It just looks like it's going to be a really cool piece of equipment. Plus it's been field tested by a couple guys that I really trust. So pretty exciting, I think. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Another thing that I saw uh, last week, I had seen it posted on Twitter, and it seems like everybody and their brother has been Twittering about it. So this is kind of like old news at this point. A former guest of our show, Zach Arias, did a guest blog on the Scott Kelby website. And instead of actually writing stuff out, he recorded a video using one of those little minnow flip video HD cameras. Did, did you get to see it? I did. It was excellent, I thought. It, it's very inspirational. I yeah, mean, I mean it's, it's just... It is. It, I like how he started out, you know, he was going to do a bunch of cheesy different you know, <laughs> little talks. And then he, he chose something really, just really transparent and, and pretty, I thought. You know, it, it was extremely authentic. creative. He authentic really, is the word I'm looking for. Yeah. I mean, he really opened himself up and yeah. I mean, it was pretty revealing. And you know, it's funny. It's like, those are sort of the, the sorts of things that I'll... Yeah, I'll tell my wife or like maybe one of my closest friends, but you know, I don't broadcast it on a blog or or anything like that. I mean, that was like really, you know, really naked to expose that. And I mean, it was pretty, pretty impressive. So kudos. No doubt. There's a ton of new cameras that have been announced. The pre PMA announcements that are out there. I haven't seen many in terms of digital SLRs, but a couple of the ones that have been catching my eye is I think Canon's doing a new tilt shift lens that's 17 millimeters. That ought to be interesting. Yeah, it's, I mean, ultra-wide tilt shift. I'm, I might actually have to rent one of those guys and play with it, because that, that would be fun. That would be fun. You'll have to make sure that you let me know when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of the other things that are pretty cool is some of the PowerShot cameras, the little tiny ones that you uh, take and stick in your pocket that you could carry with you at all times. The one I like is the PowerShot SX200. It's an IS built into the camera. Pretty good zoom, 12 megapixel. But the kicker is it's going to do HD in-camera. Nice. So it's pocket size. It's going to get fun. There's a couple of these guys that are coming out with them. The big things this year seems to be each one of the manufacturers looks like they're releasing a waterproof camera. And some of them are even doing a waterproof point and shoot that also does HD video. I think the Panasonic's the one that does that. Nice. So if you're worried about taking a camera to a bar or something like that because someone's going to spill a drink on it. Yeah, exactly. It seems like everyone's coming out with a solution for that. That seems to be the, the flavor this spring. It should be fun. I'm curious to see how that changes sort of the scene in terms of what we start to see online. Oh, I just read one that's really cool. This is this sounds neat. Rico. Yes, I looked at the Rico. The first in multiple exposure mode that effectively produces in-camera HDR. Right. That sounds really cool. 
but cool. And those are just the pre-PMA announcements. I'm sure that there's going to be more stuff that's going to come out during the show. So um, maybe by the time we get to do the next intro for uh, the next show, we'll have a lot more news that are out that's out there. But you can always go back to studiolighting.net to check out more or hit the Flickr groups and you know discuss some of the topics, stuff that you see and uh, stuff you hear on the show. Yep. And don't forget to check out our Twitter because Twitter is so fun and cool. <laughs> Twitter is fun and cool. I was just having a conversation today. Chase Jarvis did something really cool. I don't know if he saw it or not. He's been posting these iPhone photos of the day. Well, he did one today and he says, what is this? He cross posts on Facebook as well as Twitter. And he said, the first person on Twitter and Facebook to say what this macro photo is gets a copy of his book. Oh, that's way cool. One for each site. So me and Mark Wallace were going back and forth all day <laughs> arguing what we thought it was. That's great. So yeah, I said I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I said it was an automobile fan. I mean, Mark said it was, and I took a photo of mine at lunch and said, see, this is exactly what it looks like. <laughs> well, of course, Mark did a really cool thing on the 19th of February where they did a huge shoot and got a bunch of gear from Profoto and did an uh, interactive photo shoot. And I thought it was a really great use of Twitter, I thought. A lot of fun. And they also linked it up to Flickr as well, so that as they were putting in photos, they had a, a photo set that they just kept expanding into Flickr, so you could follow along his really nice-sized images as well as seeing the Twitter post and the Flickr feed. It was just a total interactive shoot. It was pretty cool. No doubt. It's a good time to be live. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's check out the interview, man. Sure. Right on. edition of the light source this evening we have with us hunter freeman uh, you can follow along on his website at hunterfreeman.com as you're poking around there i'm sure you'll recognize a lot of very iconic images if you go in the client ads there's some really good tear sheets that show you some ads that i know that i've seen a bunch of them one that comes to mind is the very iconic imac ad where it was over top of the first series of gel colored imacs i mean it's really cool to speak with you because i, I feel like i've seen your your work just over and over and over again. Thanks. I like my job. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> you know, it's fun to put effort into it. Well, how long have you been at this now? I've had my own business for 31 years and I've been in the business. I was assisting before that for about four and a half, five years. So eh, kind of like 36 years, kind of all told. Yeah. So you've yeah. seen a lot of transitions in the industry as well. Yeah, I have. It's been interesting to see. One of the things that makes me like my job, or one of the reasons I like my job, is that there's still an awful lot of smart, funny people out there creating ads. It's, uh, it's inspiring. inspiring to see. Well, since you've been around in the business so long, I'm going to guess that you probably got started pretty young. That was seven. No, I didn't. <laughs> 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 now, um, I had graduated from college. In my former life as a student back in college, I had a totally different career path in mind, but fortunately saw the light, if you'll pardon the expression. Um, I, was, uh, I have a degree in math. I have a BS in math. Wow. And, uh, actually, before that, I had majored in physics, but switched to math when I knew that physics wasn't going to be the, the field that I wanted to stay in. And math was really um, where I went because, all, frankly, all the credits transferred to math because most of the physics I had was math at that point. And by the time I was a junior, I knew it wasn't going to be any of those things that I was going to do for a living. And then I found out by the time I was a senior that people actually made a living taking pictures and, and not just for newspapers. And it was a whole new world for me that opened up. And at that point, it was just a matter of figuring what to do with my draft number, which was 13. And, uh, oh, my. And then getting into the business through a number of different steps that 
naturally flowed into each other. I satisfied my draft requirement to be uh, in the service and all that uh, in a short period of time, much shorter than I anticipated. Then found a job working for a guy that my family had known for a long time, but I hadn't been in touch with really. But I was, you know, I was reaching out to anybody who was willing to hire basically a novice, not paying them anything. I, I couldn't afford to go back to school. So I was on the, uh, I had to find a earn while you learn program. Right. And uh, that's what happened. It was it was a terrific uh, opportunity. I really was. It's like when you're enthusiastic about something in school, you just soak it up like a sponge, and that's pretty much how I was. That's everything great. that happened, I was looking at everything, <laughs> the way everything was done. Your first job in photography was it in advertising and commercial stuff? Then, yeah, the guy that I worked for was a photographer in Denver, and he had been a big time shooter in Chicago for many years, and had decided to move to Colorado. Uh, stayed in the business as it happened, and he was shooting commercial. I mean, he was shooting ads, shooting some food still, actually, uh, which he, he did primarily in Chicago. But he shot all kinds of things, people on location, architecture. You know, it's a small market. It was small, smaller even then. So you weren't just a still-life guy. You were a photographer, and they, they figured you could do it. Right. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> They pretty much required it because they they couldn't afford to bring anybody in from outside. What were some of the things that you picked up? Like the things, the themes that I see in some of your work now were were many of those things that you found early on in your career. For example, your love well, of humor and those sorts of. Yeah, I mean, I really like still life, and that's what I did first. Actually, when I first started my own business, that's what I did, which was in New York, actually. But early on, learning and assisting, very much interested in still life, and, and not so much people. But we're shooting that too, just because you, you know, when you're at that point, you shoot everything. But uh, I remember one of the guys that I thought was just, I still do. I think his early early work back then in the '70s and early '80s still was Phil Marco. He was a single light source guy, but he had a real eye for design, a wonderful eye for lighting with that single light source, and a real sense of creating something that felt as though somebody was just there in the photo, that something had just happened. Mm. And he was so outstanding, I thought. He really, he epitomized that whole sort of single light source feel to me. I think really is pretty much unsurpassed in that sense of, at least for me, that somebody was just there, which I like actually in, in any kind of picture, whether it's a person or a, you know, a still life, that somebody was just there. I, I like that feeling. Mm. It's like if you're at home and you're, you know, you bring home, you go to the go to store and pick up a baguette or something at the store and you come home and you cut a piece of it off, you know, that area where you cut it off, it's just on the, on your stone counter or a, breadboard or whatever it's not pristine there's crumbs and all kinds of stuff and it's you take your piece away and leave the rest there with the knife it's like it looks like you just were there which is what happened <laughs> right and and I, I like that i mean i think it just it adds so much for me it's a different style than something that might be more austere a little bit different than even like an irving penn kind of still life or something where you're just really looking at the, the form of something. Right. And not, like, for example, still lives that painters did in the 1700s and 1800s, you know, where there's a feel that somebody was was there, but it's nothing like somebody who's doing a still life and is thinking more Cezanne, thinking of forms and shapes and colors. Right. Uh, I mean, they all have a place. The problem for me is that I like so many different kinds of things. I start out shooting still life, but there's so many wonderful things in this world to photograph that, gosh, I mean, it's hard not to want to take pictures for me. <laughs> right. There's so much that's interesting. I mean, and that's some part of the fun in learning how to photograph things and how I like to see them because I generally like what feels like natural light, unless I'm specifically trying to make something look like a studio that like we're just working on something for Apple today and had some of their product in here. So you're not going to, you know, you're not going to show that stuff in a situation close up. They don't really show it that way. They right. show it as a really a, a beautiful form, which is what it is. Kind of stripping everything else out of the 
out of the image. Yes, they simplify it very much so because they, I mean, they're really all about the, I mean, well, they're more about the software now, but the hardware is, you know, Jonathan Ive does a, an amazing job. That whole team does an amazing job designing this stuff, and it's a pleasure to uh, to look at and photograph and light. Hmm. Now, what you were shooting today, is it, is it anything sneak preview that you can tell us? <laughs> no, nothing sneak preview. No, no, we were working on some things for their next keynote speech. Oh. Up. I don't know when it is, but they need to have something pretty quick, so they called me. And, uh, they've been a very good client over the years, many years, actually. That's terrific. Uh, while we're talking about them, probably part of the appeal is that you are pretty close in proximity to them as well. Is that correct? Yeah, they're just down in Cupertino, which is about, uh, it's about 45 minutes door-to-door from, from my uh, studio to their shoot space, as they call it down there. So it's close, yeah. Have you always been based in the Valley region, or is that kind of where you've gravitated towards, and you know, how has that affected your business, do you think? Well, the transition for me, uh, I started my business in 78 in New York and opened my studio January 1st, 1978. And I shot Still Life and Product Illustration. I was there in New York for six years, and that's pretty much all I did. I mean, I shot some people things because as people got to know me, they realized it was, you know, it wasn't just a one-trick pony. I could, and I had a, you know, I, I like to photograph other things. But then my wife and I, we had gotten married and we wanted to move to a smaller city, which we thought was Denver. Uh, which was a great place to live and work, actually. So I started over in Denver and was there for five years and then sort of got to the point where it was the idea came that, you know, maybe San Francisco would be a good place to be to be working. And as I was telling my wife about the opportunities that might be out here, she said, okay, well, when do we move? <laughs> I was like, well, I thought if I, I wasn't going to plan to move, but wow, <laughs> right. let's talk about this. So I moved out here in 88 uh, and started my business for the third time because you know, basically, when you move from New York to go somewhere else, you know, you're not going to bring your clients with you. Right. And right. Same to Denver, you're not going to bring them out to San Francisco. So I started the third time, and I tell people, I only want to start it the third time. I don't want to move anymore. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this too long. I don't want to start again. Um, but it, the move coincided, sort of unbeknownst to me, it was no sort of great intellectual discovery you know, of mine, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. It's what I tell people. And it turned out that it very much was because that was sort of when the whole tech world was just, you know, really kind of growing and growing and growing. And, you know, it was a bubble, of course, at a certain point, but that whole time from 88 until 2000, you know, 10, 12 year period, you know, everything was growing really hugely. So there was a lot more work and the amount of work was increasing, which just helped me an awful lot. That's great. Oh, having started photography business from scratch three times and being successful all three times, what did you learn from that? Is there anything that you, by the third time, you, you kind of had it down or wasn't it like that? Well, you know, it's it's the same thing every time, I think. I mean, the best advice that I got, I got two pieces of advice that I always remember. I remembered and remember now that before I even started, and it was when I was assisting, and I just got to New York and was still assisting for a little bit before I you know, had an opportunity to open my own place. And there was a rep, a uh, big-time rep from one of this, these guys that I knew that, I mean, this, this one studio shot people and people illustration. And, you know, these two guys were both shooters. And the studio, you couldn't have had bigger projects than these guys were doing. They were going all over the country and huge, huge productions. I mean, enormous. And, and then she handled this other still life guy who was incredibly busy and a great guy. But she said, you know, do one thing. Mm. And he said, you can always expand what you do later, but people need to get to know who you are and do one thing. And like a still life guy that I actually did some freelance work for him as well, assisting, and he 
did still life, but he had worked for Irving Penn and, and uh, Arnold Newman. And, I mean, he could shoot portraits. He could shoot, you know, 747s. He could shoot anything. It's, you know, beautiful still life. Loved to shoot still life, which is mostly what he did. But if he didn't even, it didn't even occur to him that he couldn't do these other things. And that's sort of the mentality that got to my head. And I was like, well, yeah, that's true. You can do that. And the other piece of advice that, that he gave me, which was <laughs> keep your overhead low. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good advice, too. <laughs> So do one thing, keep your overhead low, you know, and then sort of you have to grow from there and, and it, it takes a lot of work. I mean, you need to, oh, he also told me that, because I said, you know, I'm shooting here. How do I get time to, if I'm shooting jobs, how do I get, you know, my next portfolio piece? He said, make every job your next portfolio piece. Mm. Mm. You know, I thought that was great advice, you know, because it's a lot of jobs are just, you know, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear, <laughs> right. you know, to use an old, old phrase, <laughs> but you can think about it and try. Maybe there's a way, you never know. Uh, you know, you might have a prop that turns into something that I can use later the next day or that night or whatever before you have to return it that you can do another portfolio piece. Okay. Uh, All right. You know, things like that. Now I have to ask, is that how the astronaut thing came about? <laughs> yeah, very exactly so. I mean, I had I had to I was shooting for Microsoft and I had to shoot these things of a astronaut on a white background for Microsoft. I was like, okay, well, you know, he's jumping up and down or he's waving or whatever. But, you know, and this thing was expensive. I mean, this is like 15 years ago and it was it was it's more expensive now it's like back then it was $1,500 for a week wow. and you had to rent it for a week Ooh. plus the FedEx and so I'm thinking geez I got this incredible thing here I gotta do something with it <laughs> right. so that's when I thought I, you know there's an old Navy base that had this enormous hangar so I went over there I got permission to shoot in there for nothing and went over there and had the guy sweeping in there and then I went to Golden Gate Park and had him feed the pigeons in, uh, in the park and, <laughs> and I did some other ones I you know I did the one where he's in the laundry I mean, basically the idea was that, you know, these guys are regular guys and they're not always in space. So what do they do when they're not in space? Oh, you got to do your laundry, you got to sweep <laughs> up, you got to, you know, you got time to go, you go to the park. That's great. Stuff like that. You watch TV, you know. So that was the direct result of just, you know, looking for an opportunity um, when you have some kind of very cool prop and just, you have to shoot it. You have to get it out of your head, as my rep says. You just, you know, if it comes to you, if it keeps coming back up in your thought, just just shoot it and, and then you can find out if you're going to like it or not. Oh, okay. While we're still in that same vein, do you do anything to capture these things as they come into your mind? Like I have, I have my own little system that I do, and I'd be curious to know if you have anything that you do as you, <laughs> as these things come about. Do you keep a recorder by the bed, or do you keep a notepad somewhere? Or well, I, I, I try to write it down because uh, I'm, I'm, I don't have something by my bed. But I, if it comes to me, if it's if it's a decent idea, uh, you know, usually it'll come around again, anyways, and I'll, I'll get it, you know, the next time it comes around. <laughs> but I try to write it down because I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in. You you know what Mark Twain said, that the dullest pencil is better than the sharpest memory. Right. And uh, I think it's true. I mean, if you, however you record it, it's a real good idea. Because that way, even if you wake up in the middle of the night and you, know, and you look at it in the morning and go, that was a stupid idea. But you, know, <laughs> you never know. Never you know. know. It, may prompt, it, it may prompt another idea. So Absolutely. Kind of how those, it's like dominoes, you know, like they connect somehow. Doing some commercial work, do you find it challenging sometimes when you're heavily directed or you prefer jobs where you're not heavily directed? Like, how do you balance the creativity that comes from who you are with that? Well, uh, I mean, I've always, you know, some photographers are much more sort of forceful. This is the way I want to shoot. Uh, this is the, the style that I want. This is what I want. I mean, I'm generally looking for something that feels real to me. And, and most of the things in the portfolio, I mean, they may be silly or funny, but, you know, it's still kind of real. It's not, I'm not trying to, you know, fool somebody too much. I mean, if you look at the ones, current ones up there, there's some things that I started a new series called Caution Man. <laughs> and there's, uh, you know, Caution a bunch Man's of great. guys covered in caution tape sitting in a conference room and 
You know, some of them are bored, some of them are on the phone. You know, I hadn't thought about having them having more than one, actually, but then I was like, well, this should be kind of funny, you know, a bunch of them like that. So I did that, and, and um, it seemed like a good idea. I mean, it's clearly, it's a, you know, a digital thing, but it's still, I'm trying to keep it as real-looking as possible. It's it's possible that it could have been six different guys. Would have taken too long to cover them up, but... Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's sort of I don't know where they're going to go. Sometimes I, I get ideas and they hang around for a while before I actually execute them. Because something about them doesn't seem, it's not working for me yet. So they got I guess they got a compost for a while. Right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. I see Caution Man being like the new the new age uh, Blue Man Group. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Blue Man Group, by the way. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I know somebody who works for them and uh, they're awesome. <laughs> uh, you know. I've been to two concerts of theirs, and I'm a big fan as well. But oh my gosh, yeah. But I mean, I you know, there's a lot of what I think maybe all of us admire about that is just that you know that sense that they're kind of working outside the box. They're not really looking for ways to get out of the box, and 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 still have it connect with the real world. Right. One of the themes that I mentioned a little bit earlier, Hunter, in your work is humor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly a part of who you are as a photographer. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I'll, I'll make it more complicated, but uh, <laughs> I like things that make me laugh. And some things, you know, are, I don't know if they're getting, you know, I don't know if they always will make other people laugh, but I, if it makes me laugh when I think about it enough, you know, I, I probably am going to shoot it, you know, have it on the have it on the site or my portfolio. And I don't know. I mean, I a long time ago, I remember uh, I was in an English class in college and they were at, you know, the professor asked, well, what, what, is, what is humor? And there was a lot of going back and forth and people were saying different things. And, and he said, well, one thing that they always remembered was that it was the juxtaposition of incongruities. And for me, I think that hits the nail right on the head because for me, that's what's funny. Uh, the things that you don't normally associate right. that are put together. He said, you know, there's nothing funny about a really beautiful woman walking down, you know, some library, a big library stairs with a, carrying a pile of books. I mean, a really elegant woman, you know, with a big pile of books. There is something funny about the fact that she stumbles in all these books and everything and she goes flying. It's like, right. that's kind of funny. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> you, hope, you hope she doesn't get hurt, but, you know, it's like, you know, and it's a simple, very simple thing. And it's, it's the same thing as the, for me, it's the astronaut stuff. It's like, just, I mean, I got a whole list of things I want to shoot with this thing. If I can, you know, rationalize spending the money I, I you know i want him using the thing to clean the pool you know the, <laughs> right. little, the, little, the little net you know and mowing the mowing lawn the, and i see mowing the lawn on the on the john deere yeah just you know just stuff that people <laughs> do just because it's you don't see somebody mowing the lawn and that's i'm mowing the lawn that's you know? right and all the things that, that are funny on the commercials on tv that are that people generally think are funny i i you know, sort of specialized sets of humor and things. But like, for example, the E-Trade baby makes me just, I crack up. Right. I mean, I just, <laughs> you know, he says, you know, it was on the card path. Read the rules, Shank Eponymous. I mean, right. that just, it kills me. And I, even now, it makes me laugh <laughs> thinking about it. And, you know, it's the same thing in the, in when I try to think of, of what's going to be funny in a, photo, in a photograph. Because it's hard in a photograph to make something that is, like, as hilarious as something that's live action like those babies. Because having the babies say that, you know, shankopotamus, you can't do that as a still photograph. <laughs> you have to make something that's more like a, it's actually more like the best New Yorker cartoons. When you look at them, it's like, oh, I can't be good. Right. You know, and it, you just want to look at it for a while and kind of savor it like a some kind of tasty food or whatever. And, you know, the, or a bite of ice cream that's really good. You, you know, it's going to go away. But while you're there, you can kind of 
you know, savor it a little bit. And that's a great way to I put think it. that's the way with photographs. They, they, I, I mean, I, I swear I haven't seen many photographs that I just go, I, I laugh out loud and just go, that's hilarious, <laughs> that's so funny. And, but one of my favorite photographers is a guy named Elliot Irwin, old life photographer, who I think is, I mean, he's got a great sense of humor. And anybody who's looking for, you know, to see what humor's like in photography, check out his stuff. He's got, he's awesome. I mean, he's just, and that's just like street photography and stuff that he was doing for life and whatnot. It was great. I mean, uh, it's just same thing. It's putting things together that are not normally put together right. and that don't belong together. Well, like Phil Marco, I mentioned Phil Marco. I mean, they weren't, they're not funny, but they make you go, yeah, that's great. He, I mean, in this beautiful, imagine this beautiful light, beautiful textures of, of like an old uh, steam iron, you know, uh, hand iron for ironing clothes. And the bottom is, you know, well used. It's been around. And that's all you see is the bottom of it lit by this overhead bank light. And then on that is a a frying egg, you know, just right. at the peak of its being perfect, sunny side up. That's great. <laughs> and it's, you know, the light is beautiful, fall off, and, you know, rich, and, and it's all in black. It's funny. It's just, you know, it's not the knee slapper. It's not like the funniest joke you're going to hear, but it's like, that's funny. Right. It's just, and you can't, not, you can't not look at it because the light's so good and the texture's good, and it's just a funny idea. Well, now, you, know, you find clients hiring you that want to be funny, and when that happens, how do you approach that? I mean... Well, they, you know, like I did a thing for Schwinn some years ago. It's like they, the ads are quieter and they're not meant to be sort of as funny as lots of things. But, you know, one of them was the particular road by, like, was very, very light. So, you know, it's basically the, the shot of this interior of a nice apartment or whatever. And, and they're, and, and just kind of out of focus in the front and the left side of the frame, you see there's a, it's kind of covered up by part of the ad. There's a fan and it's on. And, and then across the wall, against the wall, there's like the bike is stuck to the wall because of the fan <laughs> going on it. And there's like some newspapers stuck to the wall and stuff. And it's like, it's humorous. It, it gets the idea across without, you know, they, they, they can they can have some fun with it. Another one was, um, you know, one of their mountain I, I wanted that bike light. for that because of that ad, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there was another one. We had a bike. It was so light that, you know, the back end was resting on a cat's tail. I mean, it wasn't in real life, but, you know, the cat's asleep. He's sound asleep and the tail's, you know, on the floor and the bike is right on top of it. And it's just kind of... You know, it makes you makes you smile. I don't know. You know, it's, um, was there another one in that series where there was like a a yeah. woman was using yeah, the vacuum she was vac- cleaner? She's vacuuming. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, like sucking the bike up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. It seems like you must be coming up with these amazing ideas. Do clients come to you for ideas too, or do they? Well, they know they, they yeah, well they do, and sometimes they do. Sometimes they already have them all. You know, like they go, I, we think you can pull this off. That's really cool. Um, you know, basically, I think a lot of things, unless they're that, that type of client, a lot of times my job is to bring something to life. They'll have a pretty crude drawing of something, and you know, my job is to make it. You know, okay, now what happens when we really do this? <laughs> right. You know, because it's one thing to draw something that you think is going to be funny, and then another thing to actually make it make it happen. Uh, <laughs> well, it's yeah, especially right. when it comes to believability. Like, have you found yeah. elements that right. make it seem believable? Is there other things that you kind of strive for in an image, you know, to kind of yeah, keep it I in there? I, I do. I mean, it's like like the bike ad. It's like the sense that, like, oh, it is. It's incredibly light. So, yeah, if the fan was on, it just actually might blow across and stick to the wall, you know, and did stuff for Got Milk, you know, years ago with these little kids, and it was it was just awesome. These kids were, I, honestly, the, the best talent I've ever worked with was, was this four-year-old boy for God Milk. He was so incredible. He was so in the moment. I could suggest something, you know, okay, okay, he's got an empty glass, an empty glass, right? And he's looking up at 
at the camera, you know, like you're an adult looking at a four-year-old. It's all in white. And, and then the guy said, you know, look, okay, now look like, uh, you know, somebody stole all your toys. They took all your toys away. And oh, he would no. make this face. It was just awesome. And, and then and then he would he would do hold it for like a take a shot or two maybe. And then he would he would just relax. He'd like go back to like neutral, you know, and just kind of. And he was he was he was so awesome. He was just he was like a perfect actor because he would he would like take it in. He would take the direction in and then go with it. And it was fabulous. You know, and you could okay shift your weight, get get your you know get your get your shoulders kind of angry too, you know, and and who knows what that means, but he would interpret it and it would come out in a certain way, and you know it's like you you know it's like for me with with talent and whatnot, it's like using the tools you got and you you hope like hell they're they're good, but but you know you use what you got. Yeah, and this guy was good. I mean, he was his little boy was awesome. He was so great because the thing about little kids and then the best talent. They don't overact. Right. They actually, it's actually that's how you look when you're that way. <laughs> right. You know, it's the same thing with the like the astronauts making that stuff happen. It's like you know, it's not rocket science. I don't think. I think you just gotta do it like it's the real thing. Doing the laundry, okay? Well, do the laundry then. You know, and then as you do things, you find out. Oh, let's try this. Try you know, pick up a sock. Or something. Well, we're still talking about actors. In one of your people set, there's uh, well, actually a lot of them are great. I mean, all of them are great. But uh, one that really stood out to us as we were talking about it were the two doctors that are sitting there looking at an X-ray. Oh yeah, <laughs> they have yeah, they have this laughing. great expression yeah. that just like the oops, yeah. I screwed up. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, what it was, the thing that I kept saying was like, uh, and they kept they weren't saying it actually, but it was I kept saying, uh, oh yeah, there's your problem. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, I don't want to tell him. Who's going to tell him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it makes me laugh when I think about it, too, actually. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, do not want to tell this person uh, we got to go back in. <laughs> yeah, Why? exactly. Good news, okay. we didn't news, find anything when news. we went in. <laughs> bad news is, well, we did leave something in there. <laughs> So is yeah. though, is this like what a what a shoot is like when you're trying to get these expressions and so forth? Or, and are you the storyteller and these and get your yeah pretty much. I mean, I, I you know it depends on how good they are and you know I mean how how into the into it they get right. and so forth. But I, I you know I'll I'll see what's happening and and try to adjust how I think it should probably look and then you know go with that and see how it looks and see if it's believable to me. Because it's got to, it's got to feel right. Because again, I mean, even though I said it, and maybe if you look at the picture again, you go, "Oh yeah," you could be thinking, "Ooh, there's your problem." Right. Um, and because the one guy is kind of like not looking at it, going, "Ooh, yeah, what are we going to do?" Um, you know, you, though you could think of those words on your own probably if you had to think of a conversation that they're having. Um, right. It, it's believable in terms of how they're looking to me. And, I, you know, I say, you know, I have them shift their weight and like, okay, it's like sweaty palm time, you know, it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Was there somewhat of a shift for you from still life to people in order to introduce some of these these extra well, emotions or now? I've always thought, I've always liked things that were funny. I mean, I, <laughs> one of the very first things I shot for my portfolio years and years ago, it, I think it's what got started to get me work initially too because lots of still life portfolios are, are, as a friend of mine described, a designer, art director friend was saying, yeah, a lot of a lot of still life guys, it's like, you know, it's like still life photo number 22 with the wine bottle, still life number 99 with the egg, you know, and, and, and I, I did kind of go that route, but in a different way. I mean, I liked the idea of humor and even then I, w- I had a, a really beautiful photograph of a, of a hot dog, just the hot dog, you know, on a plate, you know, beautiful light, you know, a single source bank and all that. And it's got pickle relish and on the side there. And, and then there's a beautiful yellow squiggly line of, well, it's acrylic paint, actually. <laughs> you just see the end of the tube and the fingers of the, actually, me, you know, as though they're squeezing mustard onto a hot dog. 
Mm. And, you know, the, the iconic squiggly right. yellow line. Well, this is like acrylic paint. That's great. <laughs> and, and then, you know, the, the whole, because, you know, you expect this, because you got to show people that you can photograph some of these. Right. Like I had sliced bread, a beautiful loaf of bread that was several slices, but <laughs> underneath the slice, you see the fact that the, it's like this big old antique handsaw that's cut them and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, I just, even then I was, that's what I was doing. That's terrific. And it just, it just cracked me up. <laughs> do that. I still kind of like the shot. It's 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 dated because of the lighting and all that, but it, you can't. I don't think I could ever do something quite like that again. Well, now, at the time, it was fun. How do you mean that lighting can be dated? That's a curious comment. Well, it, it it goes in cycles. I think I'm sure, but there was a long time there where everything was lit with a single bank, and it had a, a certain feel to it that everybody shot with because there, you know, people didn't shoot wide open. You know, for mm. still life, they didn't shoot with their shelling up the field and and all that. So it had a certain certain kind of feel to it. it you know, people use it now, but it's I, maybe it's just that the things they're photographing are new. That right. makes it look new. I don't know. Well, can we talk about lighting a little bit? Sure. You, yeah. You mentioned that you liked the natural light feel, and certainly there's times when that's not a possibility. But in general, what's your approach to lighting? What do you go for when you make a decision on what equipment to use, for example? Well, I kind of sort of a, I like the right tool for the right job. And if I'm shooting a person, it's like I have to look at the whole situation. You know, what is the situation? Are they, where are they? Mm. You know, are they actually supposed to be somewhere? Is, is it meant to be studio kind of looking picture? Right. Or do I want to take that kind of studio lighting into a location? Does it make sense to do it that way? Uh, it varies. I, mean, I don't have a hard and fast rule, really. Sort of whatever seems to be the right solution. You know, sometimes it seems like it doesn't bother me that the light, the lights that I use are more obvious. Sometimes I, I try not to make them obvious at all. Really make them kind of go away and, and mimic what the actual available light is so I can get enough of it to shoot something that looks like it's just somebody's in an office or a outside even it looks real right um i don't mind that at all well no some in the line of that question as well like your use of color is also really striking and i'm wondering when you think of lighting do you have these images in your head going into a shot i'm, I'm thinking in particular of a couple in your collections series where you know they're oh, like yeah. they're kind of the lighting is kind of aged and it goes with the, the collections in a way is that all coordinated ahead of time in your mind it really kind of happens when I see where the collection is. Okay. Look at it that way and, and decide at that point. I, I, I try not to prejudge it too much because I, I like sort of finding out what the place looks like initially and, and seeing how I can bring that to the photograph and to record it well enough to have it work. You know, maybe I accentuate something. That's great. Well, now then, so that to me brings you to, like, how do you pack your bag? Like, <laughs> are you taking everything that you have? Are you are you a portable if I'm flash not going, guy? If I'm not going very far, I probably I do a lot. Okay. I, I'm not keen on it as much as I used to be. Because <laughs> right. you know, you, now I'm thinking, you know what? Do you really need to take all this stuff? I mean, just <laughs> keep it simple. <laughs> so I'm more inclined to do that now, I guess, to take less stuff. But, uh, depends on the job. I mean, if it's a, a job where, you know, I, I bring it because you never know what I might have to, you know, I might have to put a strobe into a lamp or something and make the lamp look like it's lit, but have it be strobe so I can get enough light out of it. Right. A grid spot or whatever to, because that's like an overhead track light or something and you need to have that. The other times it's, you know, it's pretty simple. Unless I, if I know I'm, for example, if I did a job where I knew I was going to have to be replicating a lighting it was in a, a big guitar store. You know, so I took a, I took stuff that I knew would give me a, a good strobe replica of the store's lighting because I like the way it looked just in general. And then I added enough light to make the, the person be lit up enough. Uh, okay. 
for many photographers that we talk to, not necessarily that we interview, but that, that ask us questions or they're just getting started, lighting is, is such a big thing that they need to overcome. And, and what I hear in your, in your voice is just that lighting is just sort of one of the tools, part of the job. How did that happen for you? Did you light things in the beginning of your career the same way you do now or... No, I, I I looked at them differently, but I, it was more sort of a sense of the style that I wanted to shoot in, particularly because I was shooting still life mostly, okay. and that was all you know studio and strobe and stuff. But the first guy that I worked for, I mean, he was he was terrific in a lot a lot of ways. Besides being an incredibly enthusiastic photographer, had more passion for photography than anybody I've ever met. But he he said, you know, it's all about light, and you have to know what light does. Look at light all the time. Look at what it does. You know, look at try to see what the light is doing. Trying to see what light is doing what, and that it wasn't just in the studio. It was like everywhere, all the time. Mm. And so I've, you know, there isn't anywhere that I go that I don't sort of, sort of subliminally, I'm thinking about what's causing that light to happen, you know, and, and sort of, it's like how an illustrator would be looking to draw something and give it a certain light, you know, in their mind's eye, they'll know what it looks like. Right. You know? Or for them, it might be a quick sketch of what, what the light was doing to remind them. But it's, that's how I've always looked at it. I, I just be aware of it all the time. And, and I think the more that you become aware of, of what light does for everything, whether it's like the little light that says your monitor is on, you know, or your computer is on, to the light on the, the little phone line that light up, to, you know, the light on your porch, to the light the refrigerator makes, you know, when it's open and what that looks like. All those things add up and, and the more you pay attention to it, the more they become tools. They become things that you can use because, I mean, there's been any number of times you have to photograph something you go, how does that really look in there? You know, how do I, how do I get that to look the way I want it to look and feel like it really is right. the inside of a fridge? Or if somebody really is lit by the glow of a TV, you know, you can't really shoot somebody by the glow of a TV because there's no light. There's not enough light. <laughs> You know, unless you're a security cam, you're not going to get a picture. But just paying attention to it, I think, is so rewarding, really. I mean, it's not like, I don't think it's work, really. I mean, it's just part of the job, really. I mean, gosh, I mean, who hasn't been outside and gone, wow, what an incredible sunset. Or what? A, look at the way that light is hitting the water. Or, the you know, look at the sunlight at noon on the building there. Oh, my gosh, it's like a diamond or anything. I mean, you know, just look at the way the sunlight streaming in at noontime, you know, lights up somebody's face because it's bouncing off the floor. Right. And, you know, remembering what that looks like so that if you have to do something and you're not seeing a window, but you want to make it look like it's sunny, you remember what that looks like. It's a great so way you, to think about you, it. You can look at it and go look at your, well, in this case, the monitor and go, yeah, that, that looks like it's lit with the sun. The sun is lighting that up. That's terrific. I mean, I, I remember a friend of mine uh, in New York, he had a shot, this was years ago, he, he had uh, Arnold Palmer, it was like Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, and some other, like Gary Player or somebody, these four guys, incredible you know, icons in golf. And they're in this big, I don't know what it was. It wasn't really a church. Maybe it was a church, but it was wood floors, big, giant, tall windows. And there was light streaming in from behind them. He lit them with kind of a big broad source in the front to light up them. But there was a these beams of light, you know, the God light coming through the windows. Right. And I said, oh, you, you smoke up the room a little bit? And he put a little, you know, like he put a little bit of smoke into the room. And I said, God, what an incredible light. <laughs> He laughed. He said, it was pouring cats and dogs that day. Oh, You're no kidding. kidding. Yeah. He said, yeah, he had he had hired a gaffer to, uh, and he rigged up, uh, you know, he had like four Speedo quad heads. Uh, he had Jenny and, you know, this stuff is all under plastic and umbrellas and on a cherry picker. And, uh, and he's got like eight bazillion, you know, watt seconds of power. Wow. <laughs> uh, to me, and I... <laughs> 
<laughs> I cracked up because I guess because he totally captured it. You would never think it was fake, right? And he he knew that what you had to do to make that happen. He, he knew how to achieve it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and more importantly, he knew what it looked like in the first place, which gives you a clue as to how to how to achieve it. I, I mean, he wasn't shooting like an F sixteen, that's for sure. He was shooting like a you know five six and a half or something like that. I think. Wow. He said, but, but he still you know he still got it. No, that's it a great awesome. way to think about it. Absolutely, that's great advice. Well, I just have one one more quick question, Hunter. I'll try. Looking through your your work, which is so much fun to look at, I noticed that uh, many of your images would lend themselves really really well to say stock photography. And I see that you you do some stock work. Is that mm-hmm. is that become something that you you've been doing more of, or it is something that I do. I, I want to do more stock, but what happens is that, uh, or what seems to be the case with stock, is that you get out of it what you put into it. And you need to continually add new images, and you have to work on it a lot. You can't do it on a part-time sort of basis. Okay, that's right. You can add things, you know, unless that's what you want to do. You can keep adding things, but as I said, I think you you get out of it what you put into it. People who choose stock for a living, they're always shooting. Right. And they're always adding those things into their, their stock list. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, and part of it is a numbers game, but you always have to stay current and keep taking new pictures. People want to see new things. Right, sure. Styles change, clothing changes. Yes, those things. Air you know, changes. Build, buildings changes, construction happens. And design styles change, too. This is true, too, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it's amazing, actually, in the stock. When, when I looked at a whole bunch of stock requests, the variety of things that people ask for. And my mantra for stock is, in terms of something that we might want to have in stock or shoot for stock, you might as well. And my mantra is, you never know. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I've, I've sold things where I go, I can't believe it. Yeah, you just... <laughs> That's terrific. Yeah, I mean, gosh. Well, it's been a really good time chatting with you tonight, Hunter. I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us and give us a little peek into your career and your work. Oh, my pleasure. Happy to talk to you guys. Well, that's all we have for this episode of Light Source, the brightest podcast on the internet. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode and all the other Light Source episodes at the website studiolighting.net. And you can also send us an email comment at studiolighting at gmail.com when you can send us comments, questions, or just images that you'd like us to see. And if you really want to get involved with some of the other listeners to the show, you can head over to the Light Source Flickr group at www.flickr.com slash groups slash light source. You can post your images and get feedback on your photography as well as seeing the things that we're taking pictures of. And as always, if you missed any of these links, our quick outro here, you can find all of that and more at www.studiolighting.net. Till next time. Bye-bye. Check out this show and more great photography podcasts at photocastnetwork.com. Photocastnetwork.com.